I'm Sue, and this is Runner Girls, a podcast about women brought together by a love of running, and brought together after eh, a few weeks off of recording. (laughs) Sorry about that, everybody. Things got kind of crazy, I think, between the two of us. Just each week, something different came up. So, um, but we're back together now. How are you doing, Megan? How have you been? Good. Busy. Um, I've been out of town. I was basically out of town two weeks in a row. And so that messed me all up. Uh, Work had me go back to North Carolina for about a week. And then my cousin got married in Florida. So I was home three nights before I went to Florida for five days. So you went back to Michigan and then down to Florida. Yes. Was that driving both times? No, I flew to Florida, which is partly why I had to go back to Michigan, Ah. because I had my flight. Otherwise, I would have tried to arrange it where I didn't have to go back to Michigan, because I could have ridden with family and stuff. Mm -hmm. But it's okay. It was fun. The wedding was fun. Florida was nice. I brought cold weather with me both times. I went to North Carolina, and it snowed, and then I went to (laughs) Florida, and highs were in the low 60s, and... (laughs) Tips were lows were in the 40s I was like what is this <laughs> that this was not the same experience I had when we all went took our family trip to Florida a few years back <laughs> yes because like, I remember telling you the week before I went it had been like in the 80s yeah and then I go and it's low 60s I was like what is this that's what happens when you go to Florida in February sometimes apparently because that's when I went to <laughs> yeah um, February's like winter so I was like okay but there's lots of sunshine it was good it was good to see family nice and then now you're back in Michigan back in the groove of working yes how's the job search going are you still working on that I have to yeah I am I have to call I got a call back and I need to call them back today about one job and so I'll see how that goes Other than that, it's been not super successful, Mm. but I haven't been trying. It was hard with being out of town two weeks. So it's like, okay, yeah, I can call for an interview, but I'm out of town for the next two weeks. Sorry. Well, I think something great's going to come up for you and I will be thinking about you. Glad to hear that all of your travel went smoothly and you don't have coronavirus, correct? No, not that (laughs) I know of. Okay, good. Um, All right. Things are good here. I'm trying to think if there's anything different going on in my life. Not so much, not since the last time anyway. I'm I'm still in Dover, um, staying with Diane, and still working a lot and still running a lot. So not much has changed. Not anything has changed, really. So yeah, so that's what I got to talk about today, mostly running stuff. I've been doing a lot of that, so if you have been tuning in to hear some of that, you've come to the right place. Um, But before we get to our training, they did the drawing for the New York City Marathon lottery, and uh, I didn't get in again, (laughs) unfortunately. How about you, Megan? Nope. No success in the lottery. So what I did that same day is I made sure and registered for Detroit Free Press Marathon. Ooh. Yeah, I hear so. that's that's a good one to register for. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that. Um, in fact, I actually, I got my passport in the mail. So Yay. I have everything I need to register. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, I should probably do that. <laughs> yeah. The price increase was yesterday, but I don't think it was... More than like 10 bucks. Yeah. I'm not worried about the money. Like, I'm going to have to pay it anyway. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, $10. eh. Um, It'll be good, though. I I just, I hadn't been thinking about that because I actually just registered for a different race. I have too many races I have to register for. That's the problem. When you commit to running a race every month... And then um, you also have specific goal races you want to do. It's like, oh, these are starting to add up. So I actually did just register for my um, Olympic triathlon for the summer. Oh, yeah. Um, so that'll be the Rev 3 New England 
Olympic in Webster, Mass, and that's July 11th, I believe. And I was going to wait to register for it, but then I realized because Pumpkin Man's not doing their try, um, their Olympic or their half anymore, um, and there are a few other tries that have um, been discontinued in the area, that Rev 3 is going to be a lot more popular this year. So I'm like, I better sign up now and not take any risks with that. Plus, it gives me motivation to get back on the bike, which I really need to do more of. (laughs) So I registered for that, and then I have a half marathon coming up at the end of March. Uh, Wait, what? um, Yeah, Run for the Border. Okay. So that it's actually, I think they just call it Eastern States now. So in the past, they do a 20-miler and a half, And so the 20 miler was always Eastern States and then um, run for the border was the half marathon. But I think it's now it's just, they're just calling it all Eastern States, but I'm doing the half marathon at the end of March. That'll be March 29th. And I still haven't signed up for that one, but I'm probably going to do it. I hadn't, I just hadn't pulled the trigger because there were a couple other halves in March and I was undecided which one I wanted to do, but I think I'm going to wait for that one because a, I love that race and uh, B, it gives me a little more time to get up my long run distance. So, But yeah, so lots of r- exciting race registration going on and um, also needing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to move along and talk about some running? Yeah. Okay. So let's start with you because I have a feeling I'm going to go on for quite a while. You've been doing some traveling how has your running been going it's been it could be better but I did go um and do five miles when I was in North Carolina it was hilly I did it like eleven forty-five pace at night nice we did it at thing started late it was supposed to be the group run but me and the friend I was running with she was running late from work I was running late from work so we started I think at 6 40 almost 6 30 when the group run starts at 6 so we were heading out and a lot of people were coming back in which is okay because it meets it's well lit and meets in like a grocery store parking lot but we did that it felt okay we ran all of it And that was kind of our goal. And then I just really haven't had much time. Work's been busy-ish. Now it's finally slowing down. And then um, just traveling to Florida. I had planned a couple times, but it just didn't work out with work and then family stuff. Mm. So, um, but I have a 10-miler planned for Saturday. Uh, that I'll take slow and easy just to get distance on there because I have flying pig coming up in May and then the 25 K is the weekend after. Wow. And the, um, I'm hoping the time change is going to help because that's this weekend. Oh yeah. I got to remember that. Actually, I guess I don't have to remember that because wait, are we going, are we turning the clock ahead or back? Ahead. So what does that mean? So if we it's... lose an hour, so we lose sunlight in the morning, but we gain it at night. So if I wake up at four o'clock, like I do every day, it'll actually be five o'clock. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to figure out if that's beneficial or not. <laughs> <laughs> Until you get used to it again after two weeks and then you're back waking up at four o'clock again. No, I think it'll be good. Yeah. Because I've been trying to, to force up? myself to stay up till nine and still falling asleep at eight, but then it will already be nine. Yes. <laughs> so I'll be where I need to be. <laughs> yes. And then you can get up at five instead. Yes. Okay, great. I, I'm on board. <laughs> I always, I prefer when we go back into daylight savings, mm-hmm. whatever it is, because I like more light at night. Yeah, see, that's the difference between me and you. You're a night runner, and I'm a morning runner. Yeah. I'm going to get more light in the morning. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, yeah, a little bit more, I think. Yeah. Well, no, because it'll be where it used to be light at 4 a.m. Now it'll be light at 5 a.m. Oh, uh, wait. But, no. Yeah. I, I, uh, these time changes mess with my head. Like, my brain can't work I... unlinearly. Unlinear, <laughs> Yes. You can't even say that word. 
Never mind. Uh, but what is happening is, you know, the days will get longer now. So you're getting more sunlight every day anyway, mm-hmm. because it's getting to be summer. So, okay. Hopefully that'll help. I just prefer like the daylight savings because it gives kind of more daylight all around. Yeah. Okay. I will take more daylight. <laughs> okay. So you're going for a 10 miler this weekend. Yep. And so what was your previous long run distance? Seven. Seven. Okay. So that's quite a bump up and it's been a while since you ran seven, right? Yeah, but I pushed hard for my seven and I'm not going to push hard for this. So I'll be, because I did my seven, I think at 11.15 pace. Yeah. So then I'll be doing this one not at 11.15. I'll probably go for 12-ish. Nice. And then that'll make it slower so it won't be as bad and I'm not going to be... And then I'm going to get a lunch run in today. Nice. Because Michigan has had, like, a week of sun. Mm. Yeah, it's actually it's actually starting to feel like spring now. Don't you think? Yes, which is worrying me. <laughs> Why? Because we're going to have, like, probably secret winter in there somewhere. Again. No, stop. Don't say that. It's <laughs> over. Didn't the, didn't the groundhog see its shadow or something? Aren't we all set with winter now? Yeah, but I'm just remembering last April when I lived here and it snowed twice and was 20 degrees for like two weeks straight in April. Mm. So, no, nah, I don't believe any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're only going to have nice days from now on forever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good job getting that one run in and good luck for your 10 miler. Take it easy. Okay. Yeah, I will. All right. Um, so I have a lot to go over. Last we spoke, I believe, way back in um, mid-February, was the week before my quality runs started for my marathon training. That weekend, I went and did the Longfellow Frostbite 2.5K which is a fairly short race, but um, I needed my February race. And I thought this would be actually a really good idea of my pacing moving forward because being on keto, I haven't had, um, you know, I I haven't had much like speed running (laughs) basically. So I'm like, this will give me a really good idea of how fast I can run with no carbs. Um, and I had been having, I'm pretty sure I talked about on that last episode that I have been having some rough runs, some, um, tough runs at the time where I felt like I might've gotten kicked out of ketosis and was readapting. Um, so I wasn't really sure of what to expect for the Longfellow frostbite. I'm trying to find it now so I can talk about it more. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember seeing this race, but I don't remember seeing your time for it, so I'm curious about it. Yeah, I actually uh, can't find it now. Uh, I, I drove up there with Diane. I, that was one of the reasons I wasn't sure I was going to do it, because I um, would have to drive up to Portland, and I'm not great about driving on the highway. Um, but Diane actually decided she wanted to go run it with me, which was perfect because she would drive. <laughs> so we went and did it together, not running it together, but participating in it together. Um, and I did a bit of a warm up. So one of the things I like about this race is that the start, like all of the, um, you know, registration and post-race stuff is inside the Portland High School gym and they have an indoor track, which is really small, but it's really cool to run indoors on a track for your warm-up. And I've just, I've always had good runs there. Like I always feel like I'm going super fast. And uh, so I did that. I did a nice warm-up there. I think I did like a mile or a mile and a half or something. Um, I, uh, my goal was to get in four miles for the day, including the race. So, so I did a nice warm up there, felt really good and ready to run. And then, you know, when it was time for the race to start, we went outside and as far as pacing goes, this, this course is two and a half K. So it's just about a mile and a half and, or just over a mile and a half. And it's an out and back on a 
fairly flat route, but with a slight incline. So you're going up just a little bit over the first half. So you really need to be careful about your pacing, but still like giving a good effort. And then at the turnaround, you can kind of like pick it up and see how much you can do because it's a slight downhill. So I really like that course for that reason. So if you're careful about pacing, you can do pretty well. So I like that. And I don't remember because it's so long ago now, like I don't remember so much about my effort. I I remember feeling pretty good and I didn't really go by my watch. I really ran it on effort, but trying to do it as fast as I could comfortably. And I think I ever averaged just a little over nine minute miles and pretty sure it was the fastest I've ever done that race which isn't saying a lot because usually I do that race after not running much (laughs) for the winter. So um, considering I've been running every day, uh, I would expect that it would be faster than my other times doing it. So it wasn't super fast, but it actually gave me a good feeling of, okay, now I know what my pacing is going into, you know, my quality workouts for marathon training, which was good. So that was really good. And then I did a nice um, cool down on the track as well as we were waiting for the post-race stuff to, to start. So that was good. My next week of marathon training was um, was quite a jump in terms of pacing and mileage. So the week before, I had 27 miles for the week. Uh, in distance. And then that week I was jumping up to like 40 with two of those runs being um, quality workouts. So Tuesday I had my first speed session, which was 12 by 400 meters. And the pace that I had decided to run for this one was based off my frostbite race time. So I decided to go for my 5k pace which I figured based on my race time would be around 9:14 per mile so um, that's the pace I was running my 400s at and I no that's not sorry that's not accurate I think I was aver- I was planning for like 920 pace and I averaged 914 over all of my 12 reps so that was pretty hard. I think the 400s so far has been my hardest speed session. Um, Basically, I'm just not used to running fast yet, and there were so many of them. (laughs) Um, I did end up walking my recoveries in the beginning. So, like, I'd recover by walking for, like, a, you know, like, a tenth of a mile and then jog the rest of my recovery and then go back into my next rep. And so I just, I needed that um, recovery from those um, harder efforts. My next run was a rest day run, so just a mile easy. And then my next quality workout was a marathon paced run on that Thursday. And this is five miles at marathon pace. Based on my race time, I was planning for 1048, which would put me at about a 445 marathon. So Diane and I went down to Pease uh, Air Force Base that there's like a, a lot of like businesses in that area and like industrial area and there's a it's a pretty flat route so we did run there and this felt really good I did a warm-up mile with Diane and then I took off on my own for the rest because she insisted she couldn't run 1048 pace which I was like yeah you can because she runs like my pace I'm like of course you can but um But I took off on my own for the rest of the run, the five miles, and I ended up feeling really good and negative splitting the run. I averaged 1035. So that was about 13 seconds per mile faster than I needed to go or I should have gone. So I was like, okay, so maybe my marathon pace is slightly faster or maybe I need to rein it in a little bit but I felt really great running at that pace and I really enjoyed that run uh that weekend I did two back-to-back runs where Saturday was eight miles and Sunday was eight miles so or that was what was called for on the plan anyway um I went out on a hilly route 
because I decided it's definitely time to get some hills in my training, considering I'm running a somewhat hilly marathon. So I went on a hilly route on Saturday for my eight miler, took it really easy and felt surprisingly good. Like I got up every single hill and my heart rate felt pretty good through the whole thing. I just, it felt good. Uh, I had a couple little niggles, like this is the end of that, you know, bump in mileage, the end of that week. And so like I was starting to feel fatigue at this point and um, starting to have a couple little issues, which I can't even remember what they what they were now. But it was a surprisingly good run. And then the next day when I knew I had to go out and run another eight miles, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the same route. And I decided because I was expecting that it would be more challenging after everything I had already done that week, I was expecting it would be more challenging. So I decided, all right, this run is going to be even better than yesterday. That was my intention. And it was. I ran the same route, the same massive hills. These are big hills, by the way. These are no baby, like, New England hills. Like, these are scary hills. Um, And I freaking conquered that run. It was so good. I averaged... Uh, 1141 on a hilly route after running the same eight miles the day before on tired legs. And I ran an extra mile. I ran nine miles (laughs) because I wanted to, um, I wanted to hit a a distance goal. I think at the time I was going for my 200 for the, for the year so far. So I was like, I'm going to just add on one extra mile so I can get that nice round number. So that was really great run challenging week but it everything went so well from start to finish that week um I ended up averaging about 41 miles for the week and then the following week was my eight by six hundreds on Tuesday those went good I was aiming for about 915 based off of my 400s that I had done the week before where I averaged 914 um for my 600s I ended up averaging 907 so that was good. <laughs> it's like, okay, I can run fast. And it felt easier. Like, I felt like, I mean, I don't love speed work, but I'm like, I didn't feel like completely gassed. So after each rep or interval, <laughs> um, I did find myself like having to walk a little bit to recover and then was jogging the rest of my recovery. But it wasn't super hard. And then my next marathon paced run on Thursday, I did, oh, I had problems, I went out to the track, okay, so this day it was freaking pouring rain, (laughs) and I went out to the track, and um, I was planning for 10.48, and I ended up averaging about 10.40 with issues. (laughs) So it was super windy. It was rainy. I was soaked. I probably like finished that run at least five pounds heavier than I started because of all the water I was carrying. Also, I had laundry soap coming out of the knees of my leggings (laughs) because I was so wet. It was just ridiculous. And it was windy. So like every halfway around the track, I'm like running into the wind. So I'm amazed that I averaged 1040 pace (laughs) for those five miles. It was it was a tough marathon paced run for sure um and then let's see that weekend I had a six mile on Saturday which I did the first mile um with Bianca because it was a beautiful day and I'm and she hasn't been running and I'm like girl we're just gonna do a mile really easy so the first mile was nice and easy actually I ended up pushing her daughter in a stroller so it wasn't super easy for me but um it was about 15 minutes for the first mile and then the remaining five miles of my long run I ran around York and took it easy and I averaged I think in the 11s like the high 11s so that was good and then I went out the following day for my first 10 miler on Sunday this was a tough run And I think because it was the accumulation of two weeks of, you know, 40 miles of um, miles, 40 miles of miles. Yes. Um, And it was um, it was really tough. I did the first five with Diane and the second five. I went out to that hillier route that I ran the week before and like flew. (laughs) 
this time I ended up walking up every single hill. I was gassed. I was just not, it just wasn't great. Um, so that was not great, but I got my 10 miles in. I did average 1208 even with the walking up the hills. So it wasn't like, I, maybe that that's the issue. Maybe I wasn't pacing myself well enough for a 10 mile long run. Um, but that's fine. And I was totally cool with it. I'm like, you know what? I've been having so many great runs. I'm allowing myself to have a bad run and that's okay. And then this week, my speed work on Tuesday was 800s. Went back to the track. Was this time because I had averaged 907 last week was aiming for 910 for each of my 800s. 800s usually for me are the hardest for speed work for some reason. I don't know why. Mentally, it's the hardest. Um, so I was planning on 910, and I averaged around nine minutes. So my splits were like 903, 903, nine minutes, 901, 902, and then my last split was 851. And I felt like I could have gone faster. And I jogged all my recoveries with no walking this time. Holy cow, you're doing so good. Yes. It was such a great workout. Just not counting my warm-up and my cool-down that day, I did four and a half miles averaging 9.39. So, a total. So, I was like, that's awesome. (laughs) That gave me so much confidence. Um, Yesterday was a um, rest day. Uh, rest day in quotations because I'm still doing my run streaks so I just did a mile easy Um, and then today was my last uh, five miles at marathon pace so again aiming for a 1048 but allowing myself to run a bit faster because my marathon pace runs have been slightly faster than that anyway I ended up starting out too fast so my first mile today was like 1020 something I was just feeling it I was like, yeah, I'm running. I'm good. I'm feeling good. But then by the end of the five miles, I was like, all right, this is tough. (laughs) So I did end up averaging, I think, 1034, 1035. So still like 13 seconds faster than it should have been per mile. So next week, I'm really going to have to rein that pace in because my marathon pace run jumps up to eight miles. So, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> that's going to be tougher. So I'm just going to take it easy. I've, I'm confident that I can do it because all of my runs, because I've been so like spot on with my pacing as far as like what I expect to be able to do and then being able to do that or slightly faster. Like I feel like I'm right on track fitness wise with where I need to be. So based on current times, like what I think my current 5K pace is, and a race will let me know for sure. But I think with my half marathon coming up at the end of March, I should be good for guaranteed, like definitely I can get a 215 half. But possibly on a good day, I, I could pull a 210. So I just want to stay on track with my pacing because I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling good. My fitness is, is coming along. I'm still keeping up with the run streak. I'm on, today is day 99. (laughs) Yay! Yes. Longest I've ever run consecutively. I'm feeling good. I, like I said, I've had little niggles since like the jump and increase and the addition of the quality workouts. Um, So one day I got up in the morning and walked down the stairs to go to the bathroom and had some real pain in my knee. And I was just like, oh, that's not good. And then going back up the stairs, felt it again. I'm like, all right, well, I told Diane because I was supposed to run with Diane that morning. I'm like, I'm not going to run yet. I'm going to do some serious foam rolling before I attempt to run. And I'm not going to run if my knee feels like this. So I had a suspicion it was my IT bands. I haven't really been stretching or foam rolling much. (laughs) I know better. I know better. We talked about this on the last show. (laughs) I know. It's going to be a continuing theme probably, but I'm doing better this week. So I did some serious foam rolling and then went up and down the stairs and my knee was fine. So it's like, it's my IT bands. I, I, I was pretty sure anytime I have knee problems, which is rare for me, it's almost certainly my IT bands. So, um, 
so I, I did get my run done and then everything's been fine since I haven't had any of that knee pain. That was probably like four or five days ago now. So, and I've been doing a lot more foam rolling anytime I feel anything getting tight now. And so today I haven't had any of those niggles that I'd been having last week. So yeah, feeling good. I'm going to keep up with the run streak as long as everything, you know, stays on the up and up. Um, Fitness is improving. And all right, so the cool thing is I'm still on keto and actually doing a lot better about not slipping up because I'm seeing the improvement in my running. So all of my easy runs and most of my long runs have felt really easy. So that is good. And I'm, I'm letting them stay easy. I'm not pushing the pace at all because I want to save that effort for my quality days. Um, but just the, just the amount of good running days that I have had, like keeps me so motivated to, to stay on track and I've lost weight. So I'm down probably close to 20 pounds at this point, which is probably has a huge impact on why my runs have been so good. I'm carrying a lot less weight. So that helps too. So I'm super happy, feeling good. I've even been doing some swimming and biking. I've been swimming once or twice a week, biking once a week, if that. <laughs> I'm starting to get better about it. I think now that I'm seeing like the, the weather is actually getting better, I'm going to start doing some more um, bike commuting to work, and that will help a lot, especially since I've got a 65-mile ride coming up in July, I'm like, I better, I gotta get back on the bike. But right now, it's more about just adding those, you know, short rides in here or there than like really focusing on speed or distance. Like, I got on Diane's spin bike yesterday for my rest day and only did about 15 minutes because that's about all I could stand to do at the time. Um, But that's all right. I'm gonna get back into the groove of just doing it more often and then I'll increase the time as as I need to but right now because you know I'm so focused on marathon training I'm just any little bit that I do for swimming and biking um, I'm happy with so so that's where I'm at feeling good about everything I'm sorry that it's been so long since we've recorded um, that I haven't been able to talk about all this but I am going into I'm currently on week eight of marathon training so 10 more weeks to go after this one. Feeling good. There's definitely going to be a, a big bump up in terms of the marathon pace runs, but hopefully the marathon pace gets easier anyway, so it won't feel so tough. And then I only have two more actual like speed work, uh, speed workouts. So I have 5x1K next week, and then the week after 4x1200s. And then my Tuesday runs turn into mile repeats at half marathon pace so that'll be interesting because I think right now my marathon pace runs are probably closer to half marathon pace efforts so once I start reining in my marathon pace um, really dialing that in and running the pace I'm supposed to be at I think the the half marathon mile repeats should be pretty good so so that's where I'm at I know that was a lot (laughs) I've been running a lot (laughs) That's been like my entire life right now, running and working at the pool and, um, you know, training with Bianca. So, so that's it. It's been really good. I'm feeling good. I'm excited again. I know the last time we recorded, I was like, I'm tired of running every day. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I'm excited for, for marathon training. And then I'm also excited for marathon training to be over at some point so that I can focus on the you know, the biking and the swimming this summer with also keeping up the running, but just not as intensely. That'll be good too. So yeah, I'm excited for spring and daylight savings and so much to look forward to. (laughs) Megan, are you ready to move along to Run A Girl Recommends? Yes. I am super proud of you for all your good running though. And you're getting so fast again. I feel like I'm I'm not fast yet, but I can see the improvements and I know that it's coming, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, um, yes, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, recommends. 
Megan, what is your run a girl recommend this week? My recommend this week is a blog post I found. I had another friend ask about engaging the core while running. And I was trying to think about it and I was like, well, do I actively engage the core? No. But I was like, but here's all the reasons why your core is so important. And I found a blog post from Runkeeper blog that says why you need a strong core for running. And it goes through the why it's important, basically that when you get tired at the end of a long run, your form begins to suffer. Mm-hmm. And so having a stronger core helps you keep your posture and then not hurt as much. I know we've talked about this in one of our earlier mm-hmm. episodes. And then the blog post goes through exercises you can do to strengthen your core that are easy and not crunches. Because <laughs> crunches are actually really risky for your spine to have that type of flexion in your spine. Yes. So these ones don't involve the spine flexion. They are planks and hollow rocks, which is kind of like bowl and supermans and then windshield wipers. Nice. Yeah, this is a lot of stuff that I make uh, Bianca do on a regular basis. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That I don't do myself. (laughs) Exactly. That was my thing. And I was, I got thinking about, I'm like, well, I'm going to be training for a marathon and I have longer races coming up and I was like I can't really remember the last time I did something other than a little bit of planking for any to target any of the other parts of my body of my abs so I was like okay I'm gonna do this and I just really liked the article too yeah one of the points that it makes which I think is really important is that the reason why we need the core strength and the why we're trying to prevent our form from breaking down during our run is because that's going to lead to injuries. And if you get injured, then you can't run. So to prevent the injury, you've got to prevent the form from breaking down. To prevent the form from breaking down, you got to stabilize and strengthen that core. So I'll add that onto my list of things to do. <laughs> You know, I've had runs before where it's like, wow, my my core is so sore. You know, mm-hmm. I, they're rare that I've had runs like that. But it's it just makes you realize like how much you need those muscles when you run and that you should be engaging them properly. So this is an interesting little tidbit. Um, Bianca, my friend and training client, she recently went snowboarding with a friend of hers, which she had been wanting to do. Like she's just trying to do these things that, you know, she's always been wanting to do and has never done. Um, So she's told me that she went snowboarding with a friend of hers. And she said that she was so amazed with how stable she felt on the board because of how strong her core is. So that's something that is important to her. Mainly she wants the abs, <laughs> but just that overall strength and stabilization. She's so, she was so grateful to me for working her as hard as I do because like she felt so strong. And I was like, I'm really impressed because when I went snowboarding in the past, I just spent all my time on my butt. <laughs> I was not stable at all. <laughs> so, um, so this is great. I love this recommend. Why you need a strong core for running. Okay, my recommend, I can't believe this has not come up before, or maybe it has, but I do not remember ever talking about this. The single greatest running invention for women, in my opinion, is the zip front bra, sports bra, (laughs) because any woman who has ever struggled with a sweaty sports bra after a run, trying to get that off when you are physically exhausted, is... It's a feat almost as great as the run itself. So I had had a sports bra, one sports bra that zipped in the front that I've had for a long time. And one, one day I wore that bra and pulled it off. And I it was I don't wear it a lot because the zipper like rubs against my torso and chafes a little bit. And so I don't wear it very much just for short runs, but I was really enjoying the feeling of just zipping it and throwing it and not having to like try and wrangle myself out of it. And I was like, you know what? I need to get another one of these. 
So I actually, I won a um, gift certificate to my local running store at the 603 party. So I went to the running store and was looking to see if they had any zip front bras. And I found this one. It's called the Brooks Fast Forward Sports Bra. And I tried it on. I tried it on a couple different styles. This is the one I went with mainly because it was on clearance, but also it was comfortable. And I've been using it and does not chafe and is such a delight to remove. <laughs> so definitely want to recommend to anybody who has never tried a zip front sports bra. I feel like this should be the only bra that you ever wear, in my humble opinion. Um, <laughs> I read some reviews after after I bought it, and some people said that they did have chafing from the zipper. Um, I got to tell you, I have not had that experience with this bra, and um, I've been wearing it on most of my runs now, including my 10-miler last weekend, and I have not had any chafing, and the spot that was chafing for my last bra is now healing nicely. So I haven't had that issue. I will say that... I am normally a size small. I have very little to work with up top, and I have a narrow rib cage anyway. Um, and I tried a small on, and the small was very tight. And so I went, I sized up with the medium, was a perfect fit for me. So I would say try it on. I wouldn't just order online. Go to a place where you can try it on because I feel like you may want to size up for this one and maybe that'll help avoid the chafing issue um, I don't know how good the support is for someone that's more endowed than I am <laughs> so I can't speak to that but I will say very comfortable and I enjoy the feeling of taking it off <laughs> so that is my recommend it's the Brooks fast forward zip sports bra Megan do you have any front zip bras I do not. I um, need to get one. There's a brand here that I think I've recommended called SheFit, and they do front zip bras. And nice. they'll go and do a fitting. They're, I found them before I moved to Michigan, and then they're locally based out of Hudsonville, which is like a 25-minute drive from me. And I can email them, and they'll set up a time like in their office or somewhere like their building to do a fitting and tell me which size to take because their fitting is a – like their sizing is not just small, medium, large. Right. They have like a couple other factors to it. And I have more up top that causes me a lot of chafing issues. And yeah. so I'm definitely looking for a new bra this summer because last time I marathon trained, I ended up with like awful pain in the middle of my chest Ooh, yeah. from all the chafing. And I know now I can put KT tape there. Yep. Because before I was doing both medical tape, Vaseline, basically anything, and I would sweat through it all. And like Ugh. medical tape would rub off in the middle of my 18 milers. So I was like, well, that's not going to work again. Now I know <laughs> KT tape will stay through yeah. uh, a lot of sweat. I hadn't used it at that point, really. That was actually the same thought I had when I before I bought the new bra, when I was wearing my old bra and had the chafing there. I was like, you know, I could probably put some KT tape there and that would be fine. And then I thought, I'm like, maybe I just buy a new bra. <laughs> yeah. So mine will be buying a new bra, but if for some reason I'm just shaped in such a way that nothing is going to work mm -hmm. or it's just going to be too much of a pain, then I'll stick the KT tape there. Yeah. I do recommend the freedom of being able to unzip your bra, though. It's so great. It's I can't think of anything better <laughs> for in terms of like things that I recommended on this show. And I know there are a lot of like great things. And I'm also thinking of the thing that I'm going to recommend next week, which comes pretty damn close. But man, I I I love there's it's so liberating. <laughs> anyway, bra talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that wraps up our Runner Girl Recommends. Up next, we have Runner Girl of the Week. Our Runner Girl of the Week this week is Elizabeth Huerta, and she ran the half marathon at the Atlanta Marathon Ooh. this past weekend, which was the day after the Olympic trials, which were held in Atlanta this year. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I guess they did 
a whole race weekend of it. You could watch the Olympic trials on Saturday and then run a half marathon for sure. And I think maybe a marathon on Sunday as well. I was laughing because Elizabeth posted a picture with her run that was from Snapchat. I'm pretty sure and it says what the, and then it has a little emoji of a duck. What the duck ATL, what the hill is this? The Blue Ridge Marathon because Atlanta is surprisingly hilly. I've been there a couple times. I've never run there, but I've driven through it. Like I spent a week in downtown Atlanta for work in January. And so it's just has a lot of hidden sneaky hills that you don't think it would. And so it makes it a pain to run in. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture and I'm like, that doesn't look so bad, but a picture never adequately represents a hill, does it? No, I've tried the times I've tried to take pictures of hills. I'm like, what is this? I've like, this is a big hill and it looks like I'm on flat ground. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. And she did a pretty good pace, um, 12.03 per mile for the nice. whole thing with 741 feet of elevation gain over yeah. the 13 miles. So it was not flat. Well, that's awesome. Great job, Elizabeth. That's, man, running in Atlanta on a hilly route. That's, that's awesome. I'm not envious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a baby when it comes to races. I'm like, I'll take all the flat and downhill ones, please, in 50 degree weather. That would be great. <laughs> so I'm always impressed by anybody who's going to take on something more challenging in a race. Kudos to you, Elizabeth. All right. Don't forget to join the Runner Girls Club on Strava so that we can find your runs and you could be our next runner girl or guy of the week. And up next, we have feedback. Our first one is from Kent, and he says he guided a blind runner for the first time. And he says, wow, eye-opening learning experience. I have so much to practice and learn for this skill set. I would give my performance a C-. minus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that is so cool, guiding a blind runner. Uh -huh. that's something where it's like you really have to be confident a in your pacing but b in your ability to help like navigate someone right that can't see where they're going um this is unrelated <laughs> but um i watch a lot of survivor and sometimes they have challenges where they have like tribes will be competing against each other and on each tribe you have one person that's the caller and the rest of the tribe is blindfolded in pairs trying to navigate an obstacle course and the caller has to like navigate them and every single time people get injured because they're walking into shit <laughs> like or you know like the caller isn't is either isn't properly navigating or they they're not hearing the caller properly so communication is so important when one person can't see where they're going so I'm impressed Kent that sounds like a tough thing to be trying to navigate and direct someone while still like staying on target with pace and running at the same time that's pretty cool yeah I can't imagine it requires so much more awareness too because if you you know I might trip over something because I wasn't paying attention but that's fine because it's me but it's not fine if I'm responsible for somebody else and let them just trip over stuff exactly I mean you're gonna feel responsible if a you know if their race gets derailed or b if they get injured like that's even worse because then it's like oh now I'm you may not be able to run your next race, you know, and I'm responsible for that. So yeah, that's a lot of, that's a lot of responsibility. So great job, Ken, even though you give yourself a C minus, assuming that you didn't injure the other person, I think you probably did better than you, you think. <laughs> All right, next one is, oh, and these are comments from our Strava group as well. So you can, um, you can post notes on the in the Strava Club but you can also you know just email us or comment on Facebook or comment on the blog post and we'll share any of that feedback so this is a comment from Hannah on the Strava Club and she says 
just listened to Sunday's episode and wanted to send some love from across the pond. Sue, you inspire me every week and I wouldn't be believing in myself enough to be running the London Marathon if it wasn't for you girls. You showed me how just putting one foot in front of the other often enough can get me anywhere I need to go. Thank you. Um, So thank you so much, Hannah. When I saw that, like, definitely made me tear up a little bit just knowing that, like, anything that I have to say could be beneficial to anyone (laughs) is so meaningful because, honestly, I... I feel like I do this for me. Like I do the running for me. It's entirely selfish. And then the podcast is like, oh, I get to talk about my runs with you, Megan. And then people like enjoy listening to it. That's so fun. So the idea that anything could be motivating to somebody else is just like the icing on the cake. It's, it's really nice. So thanks Hannah. And, um, You know, I've been going through a little bit of a hard time recently with all the changes going on in my personal life, but I'm doing okay. Everybody else is doing okay. Yeah, I'm very um, satisfied with where I am right now. So um, thanks for the support, Hannah and and Becky, who also commented on that post and everybody else who commented. It it means a lot. Right. I think that's it for this week. Uh, It took few weeks to, to get back in the studio <laughs> to, to talk about our runs again, but there was a lot to share. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. And we will be back next week, right, Megan? Yes, we will be back next week. Yes. So barring any unforeseen <laughs> circumstances, hoping to get back into a regular recording schedule from now on. So Megan, what are you going to go do at lunch today? Run. I'm going to go outside and run. Yes, you are. Yay. Yay. All right. And I'm going to go outside tomorrow and run because I already ran today and I'm good. So (laughs) bye, everybody. Bye, y'all. If you want to share anything, comments, questions, or your runs, you can email us at runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast. Tweet to us at runnergirlsshow. Tag us on Instagram at runnergirlspodcast or call the hotline at 207-200-3297. Download episodes at runnergirlspodcast.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.